You're listening to a message from Canby Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. Can, can I just pray with you? And laid my hand on his shoulder. And there was a passion. And I, I asked that that tumor would go away. And I, I really, you know, it's just the name of Jesus. Because I don't, if you ask me if I have a gift of healing, <laughs> no. People get sick when I pray for them. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, that's not true. But um, I, I, I feel like that's just not my best, uh, but, but I went for it. So a week and a half later or so, something like that, I saw him. I said, hey, how's it going? How, how's the tumor? He said, oh, the tumor's gone. I, and so I, somebody laughed. That's not, it's not, the tumor was gone. And so you can say, well, he was still on chemo for all this, and maybe the chemo finally kicked in, and you can say, well, the chemo too. But whatever you want to say, the tumor was gone. And by the way, that three months has long passed, and he's, he's still kicking. Um, but I will say that his going hasn't been easy. The cancer's still there. The chemo's still on. Recently, there was... Uh, water in his lungs. And for me, that's kind of scary because that sounds like a friend of pneumonia. And I just, uh, you know, so praying against that. And, and there's just some other problems. And so why didn't all of them get healed? And that's where I've come to this, uh, this place of mystery. It's from, uh, well, it, it, 1 Corinthians 13, 2 Paul's talking about love. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, but, but if I don't have love, it, it doesn't matter. But there's a whole bunch of mysteries out there. And the word is plural. In fact, the Greek word mysterion is where we get our word mystery. This word mysteries is plural. And I've had to decide to press in and pray for people and expect, even though I don't always understand what's going on. We, don't, we, 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 we can't get that veil parted to see into the invisible, to see the demons at work, to see angels at work, to see the Holy Spirit at work. We just don't understand some things. But I've decided, uh, like we sang in the song, God never gives up, I'm not giving up. And so we just keep on caring. We keep on praying. That takes us into Acts chapter 3. It gives us a framework. Background for Acts chapter 3, Jesus has been crucified. He has risen from the dead and ascended, and he's turned over the ministry to his disciples, which, by the way, includes us. John 20, 21, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, whew, let that sink in, so I am sending you. He had already explained to the disciples that it would be better for him to leave so that the Holy Spirit would come. And the Holy Spirit has come. In Acts chapter 1, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. In Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit come, wind, fire, languages they hadn't learned. Uh, 
Peter explains to the crowd that the Holy Spirit has come. And then sometime later, we have Acts chapter 3, and we have a significant healing. Acts 3 verse 1, one day, so sometime later, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. What did they pray about on, at this time of prayer? Well, uh, I don't think they prayed about the weather, maybe once in a while. I don't think they prayed um, for their pets. I, I don't think, uh, I think Jesus had taught, they might have prayed for their pets, but I think Jesus had taught them to pray and they engaged when they prayed at 3 p.m. in the temple grounds. Uh, they probably focused on the Father, the King, what he had done, what he's doing. Uh, Paul puts it later in Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation. And so they are, they are, they are ready to go. They're, they're not in guilt and shame. Uh, eight, uh, Romans 8, 31 to 32, if God is for us, who can be against us? That kind of prayer that, that gets our uh, focus uh, correct. And he graciously gives us all things. Uh, they confess their sin. Uh, they get ready for what we have called spiritual warfare. Jesus had been crucified. If they're going to take on Jesus, what probably aren't they going to, are they going to come after us as well? So there's this spiritual warfare. They're getting ready, uh, uh, getting, asking for a strong filling of the Holy Spirit, praying in this unlearned language that they had received. Um, engage their spiritual authority uh, and listen to what God is saying. What, what does the Spirit want to do today in the marketplace, in the workplace, on my job, in my home, with my family, in the church? What, what is God saying? Prayer is not optional for us. Uh, we cannot continue the ministry of Jesus without this, this kind of prayer that engages, takes on our authority. And so we see in that framework what, what unfolds. Verse 2, now a man was lame from birth. Uh, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Uh, we learn in a later passage that the guy was 40 years old. In chapter 4, we learn that he was 40 years old, been lame from birth. Let me just say clearly, this guy never expected to be unlamed. He, this was something he would go to the grave with. And I, I, I want to say very humbly, sometimes we shy away from cancer and diabetes and Parkinson's disease and these long-term illnesses because they're long-term illnesses. But I want you to just be refreshed that God healed, you're going to find out in a minute, God healed this guy who had a long-term illness. 
And from this, a while back, God showed me to ask for the hard cases. So I asked for the hard cases, and I just don't shy away. You, you want me, I'll pray for you and expect a miracle regardless of what you have or how long you've had it. That's just how I roll. Verse 4, Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. So the connection. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Who says the Bible doesn't have some humor? Who says God doesn't have a sense of humor? Here's the God of the universe, two of his best kids, and they don't have a dime. They don't have a nickel. They don't have a penny. I love it. I love it. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Peter and John had prepared in prayer, and they didn't back off. I don't see Peter saying, well, this is not my spiritual gift. Uh, and and I, I don't see Peter worrying, well, what if, what if this causes persecution? Which, by the way, it does. In, in chapter 4, it's a spoiler, you're going to find out he gets arrested, John 2. They, they don't respond with fear. They respond with authority. And behind authority is this inundating love of God that he's for us. And uh, we sang this morning, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, and he, he never fails. He never backs off. He never gives up. Because we're in a place where there's no condemnation, where we're completely forgiven, we can take on the authority of Jesus, and his authority is over everything. There's nothing that can, that, that can get by Jesus. He's got authority over everything, and he has given that authority to us. It's a core of discipleship, and we really need to study it more. For example, in Matthew 28, uh, 18 and 19, Jesus came to the disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Because you've got this authority, it's been given to you, you can go and as we go here in this room, as we go, we expect. Another thing that I see here is that they persevered. Peter, Peter and John, the, these guys just didn't back off. I've learned to stay in a place of expectation. And that's kind of my word. I expect something to happen when I pray. There's still some mystery over here. And, and there's the working of the Holy Spirit over there, over here. But it's not about me. It's about expecting. Whether you use the word faith or authority or whatever word, I found the word expect is something I can handle. I expect something to happen. And in this case, this lame man felt 
things happening in his legs. Verse 8, he jumped to his feet. I don't know how he jumped. I mean, maybe it was pure emotion. But he jumped to his feet and he began to walk, no doubt with some help. And then he went with them into the temple courts. And you see, he went with them. I, I think he's learning how to walk. Walking and jumping and, I love this, praising God. Because it's about God. It's not about Peter and John, and it's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about the wonder of God at work in our lives right now in 2023. Verse 9, when all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate at the temple begging for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. I mean, this is bigger than another Mission Impossible movie coming out this summer, and people have to go see it. Or maybe it's the Indiana Jones one. This is big. The beggar can walk. The lame guy can walk. Let's summarize. Let's, let's take a look at a couple of the things that we're, that we're seeing so far. Uh, from Acts chapter 3, you can yield to the Holy Spirit. We, we, uh, we, and we can do this by preparing in prayer daily. I, I want you to note that these things are simple that we're learning here in this passage. Another thing that we can do uh, as we're daily, we're listening, is we keep expecting and we keep on thanking. It's the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus that is in us. Whew. Maybe we just need to take a pause and think about that. Same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus. There isn't four or five Holy Spirits, and one of them is kind of lame. There's one Holy Spirit, and he's in you who are believers. And Jesus even taught, believe you have received it, and you will have it. And so the normal response, once you pray for someone to be healed or whatever it is, a job or a breakthrough, you, you begin to thank. And you thank from then on. You just keep on thanking. That thanks is a statement of faith uh, that's profound because it admits the, the Spirit is already at work. Uh, use your authority it's as simple as a policeman in an intersection directing traffic. And don't be like a policeman in an intersection that's afraid he might get run over and just stays on the curb and kind of relaxes and uh, lets things go on in chaos. No, you simply take your authority. And then you persevere. You keep on expecting. You don't give up even though life throws terrible things at us. I have a, a, an example. I work with Caleb Brown. He's in Dallas, Texas, and we are in the ministry training network. A couple of years ago, he shared with me uh, uh, an occurrence. Mitch is a large business owner in Bend, Oregon. Uh, Caleb and Bend, Caleb had, had lived in uh, Bend, and they, they knew each other. And they also knew uh, Bill, 
who was a mutual friend, and I know both Bill and Caleb. On a Wednesday, pain in Mitch's body came to such a, a, a height, uh, enormous pain, that he went to emergency. And they ran some tests, and in a fairly short time, they came back. You have stage four liver cancer, and you need to go home and put your affairs in order. Now, this guy still has kids living at home. This, it was a terrible shock. So he went home to get his affairs in order. One of the things he did was he called Bill, and Bill talked to Caleb, and they, they prayed over the phone. I don't know if maybe Bill went to see him. I don't know, but they prayed. They had to pray over the phone because Caleb was in Dallas, Texas. They prayed. And I noticed when Caleb shared with me the story that he used the word declared. They declared healing. And that was their way of expressing the authority. They declared healing. Bill invited Mitch to go to the Bend Foursquare Church uh, and, and Bill went. Uh, he made it as far as the parking lot. This was in the days of COVID when things were being broadcasted and people were actually going to parking lots uh, to be a part of the service. And they told me that he made it to the parking lot, uh, watched, listened to the service, and cried like a baby. Well, the following Wednesday... All the pain uh, was gone. And he woke up, all the pain was gone. And he freaked out. He thought he was going to die. And so he went back to emergency. And the doctors ran their tests. Uh, they, they weren't finding anything. I understand that they brought in specialists, or maybe, maybe communicated with specialists from Arizona and Utah. Because it's not good to send somebody home with the news of stage four liver cancer and then a week later it's not there. That's not good doctor practice. That's just my thinking. They, and they confirmed that there was nothing there. And there's medical proof of this. He would, he, and I asked Caleb a while back, because this was in 2021, so this is 2020, I asked him a little while back, a couple months ago, I believe, is Mitch still healed, being the man of faith and power that I am. I asked if Mitch was still healed, and, and Caleb said yes, because they're, they're in court. And, and in the, following this, and no surprise to any of us, Mitch said yes to Jesus and engaged in discipleship at uh, Ben Foursquare Church. Yeah. This was two years ago, not 2,000 years ago. And I want to note as well what happens when signs confirm the word. There's faith. Uh, Hebrews 2.4, God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. God wants to use us. And our role is to expect him to use us. Well, continuing in Acts 3, people came from all over the city to learn about what was happening 
Uh, they were astonished. Uh, Peter responds, starting in verse 12, uh, when Peter saw this, he said to them, he had already given a long speech in Acts chapter 2, now he's giving another speech. I want you to note that the confirmation of the word occurred before the word instead of after the word. And you know, Jesus sometimes did this as well. He would train the disciples by do, doing a miracle, experiencing a miracle, and then he would explain what happened. And this is something that we can do too in our workplace, in the marketplace, in our homes. Uh, you're having coffee with a person and they have a migraine. You simply ask, could I, could I pray for you? Uh, and if you make a big deal about it, you know, I don't, I don't know why, because then it starts being about you. It's about Jesus. Say, could I, could I ask Jesus to just take your migraine away? Well, a couple of days later, you talk with them again and you find out the migraine is gone. You've got some things to talk about. And so whether the word comes first or the spirit, the, the miracle comes first, we've got something going here. And what we often do is teach and then we teach some more and then we add some more teaching and we teach some more. And it's part of our Western culture. We kind of believe from the enlightenment that more information will result in more good things. So we just fill ourselves with information. By the way, now we're in what has been called the information age, and it seems like we're worse off. Yeah? So information may not be the key to all that we would like it to be. And so we need to back off and say, okay, God, I'm going to rest in you. Have your way. And so I'm in desperate need of both the Word and the Spirit, and I believe that's something that you would say as well. Looking ahead to the next chapter uh, in verse 4, but many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. And then there were the women and the children. A Word plus the Spirit has profound impact. The word without the spirit can be legalism. We saw that in the Pharisees. We see it today. And the spirit without the word, oh my, can be very scary, fanaticism. But the word plus the spirit can result in an erasure of doubt. You say, okay, I know that Jesus is real. And we actually see ourselves continuing the ministry of Jesus, which is what he told us to do. And we expect things to happen. In the book of Acts, we have a two-track approach. One rail is the word, and the other rail is the spirit. And without both rails in place, we're going to have a train wreck. And in fact, some might look around at the church and say, oh, looks like something of a train wreck because we're in desperate need for both the word and the spirit. James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There has to be a believing and a doing. There has to be the word and the spirit or there's a certain kind of deception. And we could talk about that more. But I believe there's a lot of deception out there because we have so much information, we have so much knowledge, 
but things aren't happening. Well, it's because the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah, there's a trinity, not just a duality. There's a trinity. Three, just a thought. Acts reveals that this is what we do. This is the way we approach life. Then Peter begins to teach, verse 12. Uh, Peter saw this. He said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? They've already, they know this great God of the universe. Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Let's just... Let's just take hold of this. It's not by our own godliness or power. And so you can relax. You can relax. This morning, there'll be prayer teams in place. None of them have power, and they all wish they had more godliness. Huh? But we're going to pray and expect. Peter continues in verses 13, 13 to 15, that this is not a new religion. Jesus has fulfilled the Old Testament promises. Uh, the Jews, he tells the Jews, you killed him, but God raised him from the dead. You know, <clears throat> Peter, uh, yeah, he wasn't a people pleaser. <clears throat> and this is what gives us authority. Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus. Not by how good you are, not by how good Peter was. He had already betrayed Jesus. I mean, what a mess. Poor Peter really had some tough things. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. And so here Peter explains how it happened. Authority. He uses the name of Jesus he doesn't say, because I've gone to Bible college, because I have a doctorate, because I'm a wonderful person. He says, it's in the name of Jesus. It's in the authority of Jesus. Just like that, that, that cool badge that uh, police officers wear, it's the authority. And in this case, it's the name of Jesus, which has been freely given to us. We're not talking about striving. We're not talking about being better. We, we would like to be better, but there's not a striving. There's a receiving. It's a place of receiving. Authority, and then there's a faith. Peter, Peter says, we believe. This faith is not difficult. It's a simple childlike faith that simply looks into the invisible. And we're just not comfortable with that. We like to see. We want to see it. But there is an invisible reality and we, we grab hold of that invisible reality where there are those promises, that work of angels, that work of the Holy Spirit, and then a defeat of the demonic. And in that place, we expect, we expect. Last year, late in the year, Karen and I uh, were in San Diego to launch a Doing What Jesus Did. It's a seminar. This particular one was going to be eight weeks. And in, during these eight weeks, in these groups, people practice, they learn and practice uh, various ministry skills, how to bring somebody to Jesus, how to help somebody receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with spiritual language, how to uh, hear God's voice, how to pray for a sick person, sec expect something to happen, how to deal with demons, and, and some other things. 
One of our friends, uh, Debbie, was, uh, was there, Debbie Ward, precious lady. She has, she's had surgeries in both knees and pain in her both knees for years. I, I don't remember, I think the surgeries were 12, 15 years ago, something like that. Ongoing real pain, just a struggle, you know, to just a struggle to go up and down, just pain. And, and I know Debbie, I love her. We prayed for her, and we, we, it's just been tough. During uh, our training, as they prepared for this eight-week uh, launch of doing what Jesus did, uh, we, we, we prayed for one another. And uh, when it came to healing, uh, Debbie noted that she wanted healing, and she was uh, somehow at a table of mostly high school students. Uh, and... Uh, she she was she was there in her chair and they they pray they started praying and uh somewhere in there she felt something uh, or they asked her are you feeling something and and she said yes i'm i'm feeling something and so then they continued to pray this is high school students and i i don't know and, and whoever else was at the table and uh uh they prayed for a while and you know, before this, to get up from a chair, and don't even get up from a sofa. I mean, you just for, don't even sit in a sofa. So you, in a chair, but she would use the table, grab hold of the table, and then get up. Did I do that okay? Did, so we're in San Diego, high school students, praying, believing for healing, expecting Jesus is real. And she stood up without using her hands. And it was like Jesus walked into the place. Everybody was just excited. Everybody was just excited. It, it was just, and that's, that's what we do. Now, there was still some mystery. Debbie still had some other things that aren't quite right. Uh, and, and I don't have answers for that. But I know that we pray and we expect we need to repent of our fear and our pride. Fear that nothing will happen. Pride that somehow we won't look good. Hey, that's Jesus who doesn't look good if he doesn't heal, and I, and I pray in his name. Can I say that? It's about Jesus, not about us. Peter continues in 17 and 18, the prophets said the Messiah would suffer, and this explains uh, why Jesus suffered. Then in verse 19, repent then and turn to God because this God is wonderful. Don't stay the way you are. Don't keep thinking the way you're thinking. Repent and you're, that, so that your sins can be wiped out. Wiped out. The gospel, the good news, is not about us being good enough, about being better and better and better and then failing and failing and failing the gospel is about receiving and your sins are wiped out. And today I just invite you, if you've never uh, received that, we'll have prayer team people who will walk you through it or you just do it. God, thank you for, for, receive, for, for giving me forgiveness. Peter goes on to teach in the rest of the chapter that forgiveness brings refreshing. Jesus will come again. Uh, the prophecies are being fulfilled, and the Jews have a special blessing. Uh, 
And in Acts 4, we see that uh, this is a foundation as, the, as there's persecution. Well, what we've seen from Acts 3, uh, we've already talked about preparing in prayer, keep expecting and keep on thanking, use your authority, persevere through the mysteries, keep expecting even though there's mysteries. None of these things are difficult. In fact, the people who make it difficult are the ones who have so much unbelief. Keep it simple. Then another thing we, we're learning here, contend for the word and the spirit, not just one or the other. Expect confirmation. Expect the Holy Spirit to work. The same spirit that was in Jesus working in us. Then repent of fear and pride and engage the mystery and a final thing that I want to mention, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep the cookies on the lower shelf. Jesus never, oh, I shouldn't say that. People, people are out of here. Oh, my goodness. Whoosh, just off for lunch or whatever, brunch. If Jesus hadn't kept it simple, it wouldn't have been fair. It wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have been just. It's simple, and we leave this morning with an expectation and, and, and a simplicity. We can continue Jesus' ministry. Father, thank you for this time together to be refreshed, to be challenged, to be called to a boldness, to be called to a courage to continue your ministry in this generation. There's never been a day when we didn't need more of your word and your spirit. God, we thank you for the younger generations. We thank you that you're releasing your spirit through them. And we ask you to powerfully use them and also to confirm your word with signs following. Thank you, Lord. We determine to continue your, your ministry, Jesus. We just determined not to back off. Thank you for your blessing on us. Thank you for our dads. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.